Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Goalie Science. I am Jamie Phillips. I'm flying solo today. Ben is unfortunately too busy, so he had a solo episode. I figured I need a solo episode. Uh, but welcome to Goalie Science, the show where we talk about goalies, goaltending, science, and everything in between. Proud sponsor uh, by Resilient Hockey, the premier hockey rehab providers. So, Instead of listening to me ramble, I decided to have today as a Q&A answer. So I put a bunch of questions on my Instagram, and we're just going to go through it, and we're going to answer it. And it might hopefully it's a little more entertaining than, than Ben. Ben is the stats guy, and I know he, he's a stats nerd, and that stuff sometimes goes way over my head. Actually, not even sometimes, all the time. But the first question here, and I can't pronounce the Instagram name, so I will just read the question. Would practicing with a, a heavier stick than a game stick improve your explosiveness? And this is an interesting question. So this goes back to why we're not firm believers in, you know, weighted goalie skating, weighted med ball training, um, bandit or power shoot, uh, like power shoot training is because there's actually a lot of evidence to show that it does slow you down. And it also messes quite a bit with your biomechanics. If you get used to a heavy stick and how that feels, it might alter your stance. You're actually going to become slower because you have to move, you know, extra weight. Uh, when you look at the literature around like sprinting, especially in like shot put, the amount of variation is, I think there's one study I wish I cite, could find, I wish I could remember the citation or whoever wrote it. And it was about plus or minus 6% uh, of an increased range. So if you have, you know, if you have a shot put that's 10 pounds, you're looking at like 10.6 to 9.4 is, is is the range where you get benefits. But it's really very, it's very, very hard to measure. Like how do you measure, you know, point, so 6% of banded tension. So ultimately, no, again, there's a reason why pitchers don't pitch with weighted balls. And you can see that in terms of like using a weighted bat in baseball, there's a lot of, lot of literature on that that shows that it actually does slow down your swing. 
And there was a product years ago that was weights that would go on like the tucks of your skates and they were all the rage and everyone thought they're gonna make you a lot faster. Well, there's a reason that those kind of fell off the market because ultimately it'll make you slower. If you're trying to become more explosive, focus on that in the gym and then practice like you play, use the amount of equipment that you normally use. Trust me, it's better. What will the next big change in the position be? Example, the impact of the RVH. So I think we've answered this one before and I'm really not too sure. I am, I've said in a couple of public forums that I do believe that we are now at the pinnacle of goaltending. As long as, long as there's no major rule changes or equipment changes. If there's equipment changes or rule changes, then there will probably be adaptations. However, as of right now, the style hasn't really changed. Yes, we've added in the RBH. Uh, I think maybe even the soft seal would be, would be, um, you could probably, I'd probably put that on the RBH umbrella, but I don't know what's going to change. And I know a lot of it will probably be something to do with the post because people can never make up their mind about what was on the post. But I just think that the tools we have so far when used properly are effective. And I know people have tried to add in the Panda and all these things. And for me, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. But the honest answer is I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that we are at the pinnacle of goaltending. Um, what's the best way to get heart rate down and relax after a late night men's league game? So this is a good question. So ultimately, I do a little bit of heart rate stuff and breathing with my athletes. I tend to leave that up to the mental mindset coach because we usually merge it into the mental training but ultimately um like having some sort of breathing pattern whether that's box breathing so four seconds inhale hold for four seconds exhale for four seconds hold on the exhale for four seconds um, that's a navy seal trick that works you can do things if you look at sort of like healthcare way there's called dyspnea or the lack of you know the ability to bring oxygen so you can have dyspnea relief positions uh, per slip breathing, so in through your nose, smell the roses, blow the candles, so that allows you to control your breathing, as well as different meditative practices that will help. Um, it's really it dependent on what's you, but I do like the meditation part because it also allows you to calm your mind, and typically your adrenaline, your mind is racing. So if you can get your body from that fight or flight state into that rest and digest state, that's very, very important. And meditation is a really good, good tool when you use properly to do that. Oh, this is okay. So this one is less sciencey, but what is one thing Blake Piedla, so my goalie this year at Michigan Tech, who was a Hobie Baker finalist and a Richter finalist, what does he do so well in practice or games? He does the little things right. He shows up and works as hard as he can every single day and then when it comes to the games he doesn't overthink it he plays within his system he's a smaller guy he manages his depth incredibly well he beats things on his feet and that's why he's been so successful so there's no mystery to that it's that he puts in the work and when i got him three years ago we made some small subtle adjustments to his game and it pays off and he was willing to listen and actually implement those adjustments and i think that's the biggest part um, this one is an obvious one. Is vision training good for goalies? Yes. 
vision training is good for every athlete. Um, there are things like visual edge, which I've never used, but I've heard a lot of good things. I'm also a big believer in going to a sports optometrist and getting your eyes measured or tested to make sure that there aren't any physiological um, disparities. So you're, you're, all the nerves are firing right, the muscles are firing right. Um, you might be surprised what you see. I know there's a good one out in the GTA. If you're in the GTA, um, Milton Sports Visions, Dr. Ackerman is the um, the the physician there, and he is the best. That's who I worked with. And then doing his stuff is like program that he had, his protocol actually really, really improved my tracking, um, like more so than I thought it would. So definitely shout out uh, Dr. Ackerman at Milton Sports Vision. How should we handle screens when there is a quick movement where we can't see anything? So ultimately, we can get into the nitty gritty of screens in terms of whether you look on the short side or far side. Uh, if the shooter is left hand, do you look on the blocker side or glove side? But ultimately, you have to do whatever it takes to find the puck. Um, if there is a quick movement, like a flash screen, so a player skating in front of you, there is nothing you can do about that. And if a flash screen occurs and you lose vision, and they lose that release and they beat you, there's nothing you can do. There's a reason that teams have set plays with flash screens because they're unable to be controlled by your defenseman. But if there's a stationary screen in front of the net, make sure you leave enough for separation between you and the battle that's going on in front of the net so that when you execute a save, you don't get caught up in their gear and you get like all twisted around because especially if you're in the white ice, they're not going to call that as goal interference. So leave some separation but do what you need to do in order to see the puck. And if that's looking over, looking down, looking around, and sometimes, and I will say it, sometimes being slightly off angle in order to get some vision on the puck, it does outweigh the risk of, or like the downside of being off angle. Does RBH need to be at a toe bridge? So yes, I think so. And actually, I'm going to save this one. And if you go to my Instagram, I'm going to have a, a post with Derek Bujan, hopefully this week when you record it. So today is Monday, May 15th. You're listening to this hopefully on Tuesday, May 16th, when it was released. This week, probably on Saturday, I'm going to have a post. Um, yes, there's a couple of reasons. And we're going to get into the into the bat on the post because I really believe that the visual explanation of this is really good. And also my coach, Derek Bujan, um, gave me a new perspective on it. We agree. But he went above and beyond my explanation, and I really want him to, one, take credit for it, and to be able to explain it uh, as well as explain it to me. Um, okay, well, this one is outside. Uh, this is definitely not a medical advice podcast. How do I stop getting concussions so often? Two concussions in three months. You're going to have to go see a specialist. Um, two concussions in three months is not good. There's a thing called second impact syndrome, which means you're returning to play. Also, not sure who cleared you to play but you should really really the concussions are nothing to joke about very 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 serious so um go see definitely go see your primary care physician talk to them make sure everything's okay and you're probably gonna have to take a lot longer than two or three months off the sport in order to let your brain heal um i've seen i play with some guys with some very serious concussions it was really 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 scary to see some of the side effects what are your opinions about Glyce compared to ice? So I don't know what Glyce is, so I'm assuming that's a brand, and I'm assuming that's synthetic ice. So my philosophy when it comes to synthetic ice is if synthetic ice is all you have that is better than not skating at all. 
is it as good as realize no it's a lot more friction you know your pushes aren't the same your slides aren't the same but if that's all you have access to in the summers or, or whenever then it's better to do that than to sit around and not have your gear on how do you play odd man rushes well again this is one of those it depends so it's if you're listening i want you don't try to make goaltending into something that's black and white because it's not it's colorful it's dynamic very few times are the situations exactly the same so as a response us as goalies we need to be dynamic and we need to be able to make reads and so as coaches ben and myself we really emphasize the cognitive part of being a goalie or that hockey iq or that goalie iq the ability to read the play is so important you have to understand okay the play is coming in what hands are everybody you know what is the back check is the guy a one-timer is he opening up for the one-timer what's the guy with the puck doing is he driving the middle is he driving the dot lane is he driving outside the dot is he looking past is he covering the puck for a pass is he opening the puck up for a shot what's her skates doing and like these are all things that you can't consciously process your brain will naturally process this as it goes and that comes down to that pattern mapping so that's why i ben and i love to talk about the importance of doing two and ones and three and twos and taking like quote-unquote game situation things really seriously in practice because it allows your brain to get those extra reps and essentially it creates a pattern or, or a map or an image however you want to put it of similar situations in your brain so that when they occur in games you are somewhat familiar and allows you to read and make adjustments and i think earlier in one of podcast episodes ben had a good explanation of how goaltending is a series of inputs and outputs so if you have a three on two player enters the zone there's a set number that that's the input the three on two and number of outputs are i don't you know let's just list them off let's just say there are 10 possible outputs there's pass to the middle guy pass to the wide guy drive across the royal road and shoot drive across a pass cut low and then to name a bunch of other things but as that play approaches and you were de-played a situation the number of out the number of outputs change because maybe the d gaps up okay so now that pass is no longer an option so now what options are available okay now it changes maybe the low net drive becomes available and so it's always constantly changing but your brain under as your brain takes those patterns and those rep, let's just do the reps the physical reps turns them into mental reps so that when they occur in games you are ready and you are prepared for it so we really want to take that that seriously so but so there is no best way to play odd man rushes ultimately you have to match and work your depth with what you are comfortable with and what the play how far the play in front of you is as well as you have to match the speed as the player the play is approaching you if you get backed up too far you're going to expose too much net but if you don't get if you don't retreat far enough you'll expose too much on the pass options so it's about managing your depth having that backwards momentum following the play and then being ready to push hey i'm ryan reynolds at Mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Okay, so... Why are Russian goalkeepers so strong in their legs? Well, I don't know. But you have to understand something too. So typically when it comes to professional sports, almost always we're looking at something called survivorship bias. So typically we like to look at what did all the professional athletes do to get them there. And we tend not to look at what did the people that didn't make it what did they do wrong or what can they improve? And so right now, Russian goalies are taking over the league. There's probably a lot of reasons for it. Most most realistically, it's because they have a large pool of selection, the selection and draw from. Uh, most of them trained their entire life. And also we tend to get the best of the very best, meaning the Vasilevskis, the Shosturkins, the Sorokins, they are easily the best of the best. And they're the best of the best anywhere. Now, there's a lot of Russian goalies that are not on that level that are playing all over Europe or in the American Hockey League. It's just that with a large pool and you're getting these big outliers, they're having success. So I think Ben, ben and I talked about it in terms of the Canadian Goaltending Podcast episode. There is still a large number. The majority of number of goaltendings are from goaltenders are from North America. However, in the past few years, you haven't really had that complete dominant goaltender that Russia seems to have. So it does skew the perception. There's also a story here: is I, you know, one of the goalies that was in the Winnipeg system with me when we were talking through our Google Translate app, he told me that he stopped going to school at 12 years old because he had to focus on hockey. And I don't think that's a good thing, but obviously it worked for him. He got to play, he plays pro, he still plays pro, he plays in the KHL. Now, that would never fly in North America, and I hopefully it doesn't, but it just shows you that it's a different culture, and athletics is prioritized above everything else for certain people. And if that means that stop not going to school at 12 years old is the, the route they take, that's the route they take. That's just not what happens in North America. Now, I'm not saying whether that's good or bad. You can argue either way. I personal belief is that I think you should always go to school. I'm a big, you know, as someone who's educated myself, I value a lot of education. At the very least, get your high school education in. It just sets you a lot better up for life. But that is also another reason if, you know, if you have kids that are growing up and being born to ready play only hockey, you're going to end up with a lot of really, really good hockey players. Um, let's see. Are there any other good ones before we hop off? Um, how do I become a better skater? So that's actually a really tough one. And 
for me, my, my beliefs on becoming a better skater have changed. So you do need to become stronger, faster, more agile. And you do have that on and off the ice by doing specific drills and specific agility drills. So being able to react to certain things. But ultimately, I found that the goalies that really progress in their skating learn to manage the weight in their you know, their feet. They can transfer their feet, their weight from their heels to their toes, to the ball of their foot. They can transfer from the inside edge to the outside edge seamlessly. And that ability to control your balance and your weight, I have found makes helps to improve a goalie's skating ability. So a lot of drills that I do with the EGM program um, is we do a lot of those type of drills, um, dynamic skating, down skating, whatever you want to call it. Um, Bujan was big with that for me and it did help my skating ability. Now I was never a great skater. I was better than average because I was able to, by skating, help me get to pro, but I was definitely not an elite pro level skater, but it did this, these type of edge works. I wish we were able to, I wish we found them earlier in my career, but that's okay. Now I try to make sure all the young goalies, um, participate in it. So last question. Does, does juggling improve hand-eye? And I think we've mentioned this before. Or, sorry, does juggling improve tracking? And I think we've talked about this. So juggling does improve hand-eye or your ability for your hands to change and adapt to the visual stimulus in front of you. Now, tracking a puck is different because there is it's very multifaceted, meaning it's not just you see the puck, you stop the puck. There are the visual distractions of the play in front of you. So that multi-object tracking, there's the angle and the release of the blade. There's the speed of the puck. We know that if the puck is within a certain distance and coming at a certain speed, it's it's impossible to actually be able to react. So being able to register where that puck is going, have that information go into your eyes, through your optic nerves, into your brain, and then your brain to send out a signal to the muscles in terms of how to react it just doesn't happen fast enough so essentially it reacts based on patterns similar to the you know the rush play situations um so the best way to improve tracking is you have to face shots you have to allow your brain to get that pattern mapping to see all different shots from all different angles from all different hands at all different speeds and then you will begin to adapt. And there's a reason that hockey is an age, you know, age group sport. You know, when you're U12, you're facing U12 shooters. And yes, some kids will shoot harder than others. But as you mature and as you grow, you have a year of players your age that are shooting proportional to your age. And as you get you know, to U13, everyone gets a little bit stronger, but you're able to adapt. And there's a reason when goalies make that jump from AAA to junior and maybe they're playing at U16 and all of a sudden they're playing at U21. There's a wide range. People are a lot stronger. You're playing against men. And so there's a period of adjustment and your eyes adjust and your eyes, you know, your eyes adapt and your brain adapts. But hand-eye and tracking drills, you should do them. So I'm not trying to poo-poo or say you shouldn't do them, but you, you should but they're not going to improve your tracking specifically. It will transiently, so meaning if your hand-eye is better, you're probably going to be better at tracking, but tracking itself in terms of actually being able to stop a shot, you just need to face a lot of shot and soft shots and do a lot of tracking drills. And also you have to make sure that your save execution is, is correct. Can't tell you how many goalies I see, they'll tell me, hey, I'm bad at tracking, and they're making saves behind their body 
or they're not watching the pucks all the way in or just these little mechanical things that make a huge, huge difference. So it's not always the eyes itself. It's, it's off. It can also be the mechanics. So that's all the questions that I had. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode of just, just me flying solo. Hopefully next week we can get Ben on and we can talk. I think one of the questions, another um, topic we, that was discussed was equipment and injuries. What can we do to reduce the number of injuries and can we adjust the equipment? And there, there's a couple studies that we can reference on that. Um, so I'm not going to spoil it. We'll talk about that next week. So thanks for listening. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, give us a rating. Uh, hopefully five stars if you enjoyed it. Uh, if you're on YouTube, comment, give us a thumbs up, share it with your friends. Like we say, we don't, you know, we don't have any, you know, major sponsors. We have Resilient, which are presenting sponsor, but we do this because we like to be, to educate. We're educators, we're coaches. Um, you know, we're also students and we value that we can spread that information that we have from both our, our, our education and from playing experience onto you guys. So thanks for listening or watching, depending on what you're on. And I'll see everybody next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.